This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Ryan Steiskel, and with me, always, are my fellow co-hosts and, and patriots, uh, Joe and Eric. Joe, Eric. Hey. Hey. Welcome back. We're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I felt like that patriot part was important, but maybe we're going to war. Who, who yeah, fucking knows anymore? I mean, so. yeah, yeah, I think we need to start using some kind of terminology. I don't know. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, I was yeah. don't even I, want to think about it. This is like the ten, you know, two hours of the day that I don't have to think about crap like that. So Yeah. Like I like what Joe said earlier before we started this podcast that we're just waiting to be wiped out by the angry koalas that survive. Angry koalas. Uh, that's gonna be our salvation. That's right. Well, it won't be our salvation. It'll it'll be the ultimate lesson. Our demise. It'll well the salvation demise. of life. If you <laughs> think life, life is more important than humanity uh, then yes, salvation. Vengeful, rabid, giant koalas are going to be the Spewing asteroid fire. that causes the sixth extinction that will then bring forth new life and amazing things. Yeah. In the meantime, teeth. No. did either of you watch the Golden Globes? <laughs> no. no. I didn't either. <laughs> Does <laughs> anybody watch the Golden Globes? I don't know, I've but I did watch them. the uh, eight-minute opening monologue Ricky Gervais did where he pretty much like skewered a bunch of celebrities while they were there it was yeah i heard it was good I because <laughs> of like my life i'm like thing. you know eight days behind anything relevant at the very le- at the very like best so i'll probably see it eventually but i heard it was great <laughs> yeah 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 i mean just there's claiming Speak. that he he drove in he rode in on a limo with the license plates that were made by felicity huffman i was like Ooh, <laughs> and we're starting with that okay <laughs> So funny thing about that is apparently she's on a she was on a show that my my girlfriend's mom watched and that was the saddest thing she goes she was just such a good character on that show and you know, we just don't know how it's gonna ha-. like they're just all heartbroken by we're sitting in the back seat of the car driving to dinner <laughs> with them thinking like who the fuck cares like yeah. she deserves it actually my girlfriend just flat out says like no she deserved what was happening it's not unfortunate. No, yeah, and also you're relating to a fictional character and not a real person. <laughs> Actual right. person, right? Right. Yeah. So, but uh, so yeah, that speak- was that was pretty good though. It was pretty funny. It was it's like I could have seen that Kevin Spacey stuff coming. I mean, haven't you guys seen Seven? Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well. <laughs> and when you Kevin guys, Spacey uh, gets brought up, it's like good night, everybody. Uh, wow. You got you know what? There was a couple moments where I had a good segue into our review, but you guys just kept going. And once you mentioned Kevin Spacey, I'm like, yep, I cannot, I can't segue with that. It's gonna be one of those nights. I mean, you could kind of segue into the general disappointing nature of, you know, everything sh- we're gonna be doing shadow. in the show this evening. That's what we're talking about tonight, guys. We're we're talking about the shadow. He 
was consumed by evil. For as long as you can remember, you've struggled against your own black heart. Shoot through him. Every man pays a price for redemption. I'm not looking for redemption. You have no choice. But I'll teach you to use your black shadow to fight evil. He became the shadow. I didn't see anything. I swear. Dump him. <laughs> Who's there? Did you think you'd get away with it? Did you think I wouldn't know? Now, when the world is in danger, report. Police investigation of murder. Agent advises inquiry. Who knows what powers stir in the night? Whatever you did, it's in the past. Join me. Inside you beats a heart of darkness. I do what I do to fight back the evil inside me, but some part of it is still there, waiting. Genghis Khan conquered half of the world in his lifetime. I intend to finish the job. And when the adventure begins... Activate the bomb. Who knows where it will end? Alec Baldwin. John Lone. Penelope Ann Miller. Tim Curry. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> the Shadow. Something that definitely feels like a dollar store ripoff of 89 Batman. And yeah. just like in every failed attempt of a way. Do one of you so one of you guys actually like this movie? Is it you, Eric? Um, I liked this movie a lot when I saw it as a eight-year-old kid or whatever I would have been, okay. you know, maybe a nine-year-old kid. Um, I did not see it again for many, many years. I saw it two or three times, probably rented it from the video store kind of thing between eight and ten years old. I have not seen it since. So, okay, so, so long story short, this is the one that you're not in love with, so I don't feel bad now ripping on it. Cool. I, yeah. I mean, no, I no, no. This is on one it, that is. This is. I don't want to offend you, <laughs> and I don't want to like blow reviews. We'll we'll save most of it for the end of the show. But this is not a good movie. There no. are some things I like about this movie, but this is not a good movie. <laughs> what about you, Joe? It's... What's what's your what's I, your memory? I'm, I'm of in the it? same boat. Yeah, this this was the hard one for me. But I, so just to catch people up, this is the third in our four part series on uh, films from the '90s that are based or inspired by serials or films from the '30s, and we go from there um and so yeah tonight we're talking about the 1994 film the shadow uh and you know the shadow you know what i found most disappointing about this is that the shadow is a really cool character it is it's it's cool character great cast like yeah really cool looking movie like even well at times um but like generally like for the time it really there are parts minus the knife that fucking knife man (laughs) the knife's hilarious but yeah it's a in the it's worst not, it's way like it's enjoyable for not the reasons it's supposed to be <laughs> yeah um but so this but one's yes, uh, let's see directed uh by russell mulcahy mulcahy, mulcahy yeah excuse russell me mulcahy, uh yep. stars alec McClunky. baldwin in the in the russell title. yeah stars alec baldwin in the title role also again you mentioned a great cast is john lone penelope ann miller ian mckellen jonathan winters peter boyle tim curry it's got a huge cast yeah you, know, yeah you know what i'm glad you said that because this is what my girlfriend and i noticed when we we're watching this movie because this movie's bad and we made that known right away from the beginning 
Um, but we know a movie's bad that not even like I, I made the comment. It's like it's you would what based off of watching this movie, you would never see an actor like Ian McKellen. It's like I don't think he would ever be a good actor. Like when you see just him in this movie, like mm-hmm. you would never see his poten- potential at all no. as like a what well, he I is nowadays. I think that's true about a lot of the actors in this because yes. there, there are no great performances i'm sorry there's just there's nothing curry i was gonna say peter boyle tim curry both have moments in this um not enough to save it but enough to like, are, make you like them still there are glimmers <laughs> of leading man potential that come out of alec baldwin and he really only had a couple of like major action movie well i mean the the, the hunt for red october he also played a was a lead movie jack lead actor in an action movie and that that was a pretty good movie but um yeah unfortunately he didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to be the leading man in a movie like this and And he's the best baldwin yeah it's it's just it's just tragic he's the strongest and nowadays i think it's hard (laughs) to watch him without like kind of wanting to laugh and like expect something (laughs) like you know funny coming out of him and there's even some moments in this movie where he delivers a line a certain way or i'm like hearing you know old funny alec baldwin and not, you know, I don't know. There's there's some really awful hammy lines and funny moments in this movie, too. So um, Unintentionally. Yeah, I mean, yes. I think uh, there is some really, like, strange uh, sexual innuendos here and there, um, which cracked me up. Um, but, yeah, anyway. <laughs> like, the next time I get to be on top line is great that yeah. was but uh, it's so weird it's so yeah, it's, weird to say because he's not he's just he's saying just it to some the, random dude the mongol like yeah just some, <laughs> yeah that's kind yeah. of the weird part about it before we get too carried away we'll do a quick super quick little um synopsis of this film uh let me actually i didn't like what i saw it on um yeah this oh, one's actually kind of hard to describe actually it's like yeah, because it's here. About, I'll you know, just the I'll just do a candid version. Okay. Uh, right white ahead. guy pre- starts the movie by pretending to be an Asian guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Gets called out on it. Uh, his punishment is he gets turned into a shadowy superhero, and uh, you don't see any character development between his dark side and his now light side. And we get to join him on this boring ass journey as we face this guy who's a extreme cosplayer who wants to be Kangas Khan. <laughs> and has way better psychic powers than he does, but instead of actually, you know, stopping the one person who allegedly anyway, can stop everyone him, everyone in this movie has psychic fucking... powers, by the way. So. Yeah, yeah, everybody has fucking <laughs> psychic powers. Meets a dull ass love interest with um, psychic powers. With psychic powers, <laughs> and you know, there's more I can say about the plot, but th- that means the more I have to think about it, and the more it's, I think about it, the more, more I want less... a lobotomy. Spoilers: a Batman ripoff set in the 1930s, um, where um, God. said Batman ripoff faces off against Genghis Khan. Yeah, in yeah. 1930s New York. Like everything sounds. Mm, some of those <laughs> things should sound cooler than what it actually is. Um, like psychic, psychic Genghis Khan should be like that. Sounds pretty neat. Yeah, it does sound pretty neat. Too bad we we'll never no. see it. Yeah, and I think like I don't. I remember watching this movie and my interest in it was piqued because I was actually like weird nerdy things I was into when I was a kid that no one else my age was probably into. But 
Um, I found, uh, probably on road trips or whatever, when I was a little kid, these uh, cassette tapes of old 1930s and 40s radio shows. And I actually oh, yeah. bought like a bunch of the Shadow stuff and had listened to it and enjoyed um, those quite a bit. So I was excited about this movie. I was aware of it as it was coming out that this was something I was already aware of. So for some reason, I didn't find this disappointing. <laughs> Well, Eric, well, how would you describe <laughs> Eric? How would you describe the shadow as a character? I mean, like, they they get the gist of it. Like, who uh, is he? Because I don't. Correct. Some people may not know who the shadow is. Oh, okay. Well, the shadow is a again like 1930s quasi superhero um, who can. Um, well, basically, he's has psychic powers, so he can you know read the the evil in men's minds and um, can. He's an illusionist. Disguise himself. Yeah. He literally disguised himself as a shadow is, is what he does. But the way they explain it in the movie is that he, like, clouds, you know, mentally clouds your eyes. Um, from what I remember from the old um, radio show is it doesn't get really that deep into it. He kind of is a quasi-detective who hides in the shadows, but he's got some ties to, like, the ancient you know they're the far east and some of that stuff is definitely um straight out of the the radio show or the comic strip it was also a comic strip prior to radio show um i don't remember enough about it to tell you much more about the actual character but then what you get in the film well it's um, it's kind of like that time period back in the 30s where you had a lot of these kind of pulp action stories so they're mm -hmm. kind of all one-dimensional at the time because you didn't need them to be more than that because they were serials right right and, and and this did have a magazine for a while in print not just in comic strip but it was the the shadow magazine in 1931 which is a pulp series mm -hmm. um you know where yeah. the shadow had alter egos like kent allard uh, and then when they started doing the radio and the tv serials and stuff like that then it was lamont cranston um, yeah, and supposedly they were going to go down as deep as Kent Allard in the film. The original screenplay had Lamont Cranston being revealed as an actual alias as well, and that he wasn't really that person either, but I don't know. The movie's already crazy enough plot-wise. Can you imagine what that subplot was yeah, it, supposed it, to be? But... It, and to be honest, not being too familiar with like specific storylines from the original source material or anything, it, it felt like this movie, even just the plot itself, is like they're trying to cram... A whole bunch of lore into one movie and it, and it just doesn't work imagine well, on the radio shows though the, the the voice of the shadow the big echoey voice when he would become you know the shadow was done by orson welles orson welles, orson welles yeah. did not play lamont cranston he would only play the shadow pieces of the um of it right. so kind of cool but I only have like these vague memories of it but i know i had the, the cassette tape for a while and would like listen to it quite a bit it was probably only one one set of shows but <laughs> yeah this so. thing was just yeah the the and i know there were some production issues eric we were talking a little bit about that before yeah and it, before not enough before. to excuse what a mess this movie is in general but yeah there was um they supposedly there was an earthquake during production of this in in los angeles where their soundstage was and it destroyed the entire set where the climax of the film was supposed to take place. So it, it was a mirror maze and um, supposedly it was much more elaborate than what you see. Basically they kind of 
shot it against like two mirrors <laughs> and uh but yeah their their entire elaborate mirror maze that was supposed to be the climax of this film uh was destroyed and they were already way over budget and paramount i think it was paramount that made this movie um said no you're not getting money to rebuild that set figure out something else to do with the ending so they literally just kind of chopped it into like this really quick scene that they shot against a couple of mirrors and that was it <laughs> like yeah. they just almost just like chopped it all, all like the whole part out of the movie so you get this really, really weird... The whole movie's kind of weird and kind of disjointed, but you get this really, really weird third act where it just doesn't... It's like, boom, 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 movie's over. Uh, because I think they literally were... They were over budget, and they had all those production issues, and they just kind of like rushed the thing to the end. Like, Well, I'm so. pretty sure they, they wasted a good chunk of the budget on one of the worst CGI sequences ever that goes on forever and that's the fucking tube system thing like his messaging tube that goes <laughs> yeah. to like that this communicator it's just like this is first off this tube doesn't make any goddamn sense like why is it traveling so fucking crazy around every building and like is no, everyone sees it it's not hidden like people literally look at it as it's ding and they're like what the fuck is that like you briefly see that i'm like that that's a waste of cgi and my time yeah. and anyone's time and effort well, and this is a really bizarre movie for, you know, not just what appears on screen, but also that this movie is made by a bunch of competent, um, really rather good filmmakers, uh, or screenwriter, the screenwriter at least, and um, it's got a uh, Jerry Goldsmith score, so great music. Um, it has David a of... Cope wrote yeah. the screenplay, which is, he's, you know, he can be a little hit or miss, but is definitely somebody who's made a career out of writing this kind of stuff. Uh, in Hollywood and, and mostly successfully. Um, Russell Mulcahy uh, directed Highlander, and then after that, most of his movies have been kind of like this. But um, <laughs> but yeah, somebody who is who is definitely a you know has made good movies. I don't want to like to just you know say he's too overly competent because uh, I've seen the second Highlander movie. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he does some interesting things like he's got he's got an eye and he's got a style um, I, and I see some similarities his to his other movies yeah. um, but then there's just a lot of weirdness so I, I wonder like David Cope's script like how much of that actually ended up on screen no uh, that this movie has a lot of elements that should make it seem like it's good and it just falls apart and so that's where like these 90 superhero films kind of stand in terms of they they try to give you an origin story to them while also having like a main conflict but they rush that origin so quickly um mm. and then stuff everything else around this one conflict but not in a not in a not in a way that works until later yeah. on in our fit in our superhero movies that you actually do get like how about we center the conflict around this origin and help so that at the end you actually feel like the the character figure out figures out who he needs to be at the end of the movie and the audience is with it and there now you can start having your franchise where this movie is just like let's just throw it all in there now yeah well and the first hint that you have a damaged movie comes very early in this film and like a damaged movie by like they went over budget they weren't allowed to shoot the whole script um and that is that we get a scene with him you know um fighting the whatever the the master in uh china um 
Tibetan Tibet master. And, uh, yeah. The Tibetan monk master, the guy who, you know, ends up like changing his path and giving him these powers. I call um, him discount ancient one. Like this was very much like the guy with the knife. And then all of a sudden it cuts to a text scroll where right. it just kind of like gives you like and then he went back to New York and da 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 and became It made this you fucking read. And it's like, whoa, that is a really, really weird decision. And then it becomes more obvious, you know, if you read a little bit about it, like, okay, well, they probably had scenes that they just couldn't shoot. And (laughs) just like by the time Paramount said, no, fuck you guys, you're not getting any more money. They're just like, okay, well, how do we, you know, you don't envy the editor in this situation. Like, how do you whittle this thing together to make a movie that makes any sense? Like, well, what's what's really what get. <laughs> what's really unfortunate is okay. So this movie came out in 1994, right? Universal's owned the rights to the Shadow for practically ever. Um, mm. And you mentioned David Coop, right? You caught yourself on that, but David Coop yeah, did. And it's Universal. I keep saying Paramount yeah. too. God, Dave, I'm bad with my facts tonight. David Coop did write or work on a screenplay for this. In fact, uh, he was hired in 1990 to start developing this for Universal, and he he said it just didn't work. He couldn't come up with a script that they liked, and so it went back and forth. Meanwhile, I just want to jog our audience a little bit on their memory. Um, Back in Video Junkyard Podcast episodes 64 and 65, Eric and I covered the Darkman films. Oh, I wasn't there either? You weren't there for that one. But so when Sam Raimi made Darkman, yes, he originally went to Universal because he I, wanted you, to Eric. make either <laughs> Sam Raimi either wanted to make a Batman or a Darkman or I'm sorry, a Batman or a Shadow movie. But mm-hmm. both of them were tied up. So that was why he couldn't do I'm assuming that was why he couldn't do the Shadow in nineteen ninety is because it was already tied up. David like no 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 David Cope's writing a script and we're gonna do something with that. But that never manifested, or at least didn't for four years. Meanwhile, Sam Raimi said, fuck it, I'll make my own character. And he made Darkman. And you can see yeah. some of the shadow in Darkman. Yeah, yeah I think I think uh, when you mention all of those things together, like I think the sh- Darkman is almost a, an amalgamation of Batman and the shadow. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, Definitely. it kind of was invented by those two. Yeah. So in a roundabout way, it's, it's weird that Darkman is actually a better shadow movie than The Shadow 1994. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Well, Driving Miss Daisy is a better Shadow movie than The Shadow, but that's true. That's, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Where but I, I don't think Driving Miss Daisy is a better Shadow movie than Dark. Is the Shadow? <laughs> well, we're getting out there in this one, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's uh, this one's a tough one. I mean, it, yeah, and I don't know. There's just little things. It's it's weird. It's one of those weird examples of just a, a almost a total failure on so many levels of. You know, because you've got this really great cast of really talented people, and they're just not given a whole lot by the screenplay uh, to do. Like I said, I thought I thought both Peter Boyle and Tim Curry had moments to shine in this. Tim Curry just manages to have just enough screen time to to make an impression. Um, <laughs> yes, he Peter does. Boyle just has some like great stupid lines, and he's just like super likable like always he's just and, peter uh, boyle yeah like I didn't, I didn't really see any like character it's just peter boyle right right but which is he's enjoyable want. in it yeah i'll and, be honest uh, this is one of the few films there's been a couple of them but this is one of the few films that we reviewed on the podcast that i really had a hard time focusing on this movie like i kept looking for other things to do not even yeah, consciously yeah. thinking about it it was just like oh, i should check my phone again it's just and here's is, where i'm gonna you know yeah. pull the big left turn and say i i 
right there with you and I acknowledge this movie is pretty much a turd. However, I kind of find this movie to be like a amusing bad movie and it's an amusing I turd. I don't necessarily hate it. Like I never found it boring like that. Like it's it's bad and it doesn't make any sense and there's that you know there's some ridiculous special effects and the acting's all over the place and there's literally just scenes missing. Um but I never found it like hard to watch and um I I, I don't know. I found it amusing and actually found it pretty funny <laughs> like in a lot of places probably unintentionally but i i can actually i i agree with eric like it was it was such a train wreck like i did keep watching and it, like we kept making fun of it it was like the highlight of like what the fuck is wrong with this movie whereas like with other movies like the rocketeer in the shadow i was doing what joe was doing it's like i kind of rather watch something else right now the Rocketeer right. held held my interest more than this one did, um, and, and that's yeah. unfortunate because I, I think the Shadow character, like the literary character from the old serials and from the the pulp magazines, is is cool. I think it's right yeah. for making a good movie about. But this one, I, it needs to be done again. It does. If, yeah, know, it should be in in all the yeah for all of the. I actually saw a meme today somewhere like on Facebook or Twitter or something where it was like instead of remaking movies that are classics like they're talking about like disney's lion king live action quote-unquote live action remake yeah they're yeah like, how about yeah. you remake crappy movies that should have been really good and they mentioned something like aragon uh but i would say this is one yeah. of them yeah, yeah agreed. this is one you could agreed. totally this should have been really really good this should have been like dick tracy yep this should yep. be better than dick tracy this should be you like take, yeah. you take that Dark kind Man. of like over be like the Dark top Man yeah 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 but that over the top like comic book sensibility that dick tracy has and apply it to like kind of the darker um tone and essentially again you'd be making batman the animated series the movie which why don't they just do that i'm putting it out there again that's what i want to see it's the only thing i want to see from hollywood (laughs) not really but (laughs) i i do do a batman movie in this period and this you know like i'll see if they never will because everyone's so obsessed with continuity now but well we'll see if ryan jumps on board with me for this one but I want to see Tim Burton make this movie. Mm. I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd be on board with. <laughs> I it. mean, if, if you're talking, I w- okay, I want to see Tim Burton make this movie in 1994. Yeah, yeah. I don't want like, Johnny Depp now. I don't like. Want... I don't want. I don't want Disney Tim Burton to make this movie. Right. Really, but I don't know. I mean, I still like Tim Burton a lot, but I, I there there's a big difference between you know Edward Scissorhands and. No. I, I like in the past ten years. I like how I like how jokes like I want to hear Ryan's response and Eric jumped on it. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> he said Tim no, Burton no, no, no. does that. It's to open me. to both of you, but Ryan and I have had a lot of conversations <laughs> so, about Tim. Sorry. About so. Tim, yeah. No, I I thought it was just funny. It's like um that because uh, Eric actually had a better response than I would have. I was just like uh that was enough. I would definitely <laughs> want to watch that interpretation. I'm not saying I would enjoy for the sake of it being a great film, but I would definitely like, all right, Tim, all right, go back to your mono, uh, mono striped box. Tim. Yes. And this would be perfect for it. You know, just, it just, really would know. be uh, or, was... or, um, either that or Zack Snyder. Yeah. He might be able to pull something. Although I'm afraid he'd go too big with everything. He's just got, but yeah, he doesn't have about, a whole lot of subtlety. The man doesn't have Ron subtlety. Howard. He seems to pick up, flops and try to make something well I, yeah right i'm just yeah. trying to think of like directors that so like um frank miller did, did he directed did he actually direct um 
Oh God, now I can't think of it. The Spirit. The he did spirit. the the Spirit. Did. Yeah. This yeah. reminded me which of the Spirit, a, which is a movie a lot like this that I love yeah. for the wrong reasons as well. Same. But, same. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about the Spirit with this as well because it's like this feels like the Spirit. <laughs> like, if, if, yeah. Like, yeah. I really love the Spirit, but it's not a good like it's not. <laughs> It's a quote-unquote good if, movie. If this would have yeah. been done, though, kind of in that Sin City spirit style, I think that could have really worked. You know? It really would have done something. Because this would yeah, have... This was... this The character and the concept is more in line with kind of the stuff Frank Miller was doing decades later. Yeah. And I think it would have, would have appealed to an audience a little bit more, or at least it would have felt a little more artistic, at least. Because um, this... And it's, I know, the, like you said, there were the production problems, but even before, like we said, before that, that doesn't excuse everything. Yeah, I was going to say, this still would have been a, not a good movie, the even shadows, if they got to shoot everything they wanted to the shoot. The Shadow's but. kind of a, an iconic character, you know? I mean, there's a he whole... He is. In fact, out of these four that we... Well, probably Dick Tracy is the one that's the most, like, Americana, like, recognizable. But, but I, I would say The there. Shadow's probably number two, right? Yeah, so. I would say I'd so. I'd say I recognize The Shadow more than I would Dick Tracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will admit, I as a kid, when this came out, and I wasn't really familiar with the the character, when I kept hearing the the tagline, you know, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men, the shadow knows. I kept thinking that was something about literally his nose, because it's huge, because <laughs> he's got a huge nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what about uh, his nose? What, does it do something? What did we think of that whole thing in the movie? Like, what were they even trying to get across with, like, only having him have the face makeup on at times and like. Like it's part what? of his disguise, his illusion. Or whatever. Yeah, and he becomes like a you know this kind of odd-looking man with a big nose. Um, and it only shows up for like a split second during the transformation because he still covers yeah. up his face with that bandana. Yeah, and then when it comes to when he's the shadow, you know, at the end, like maybe the special effects budget was you know shot too, and they just couldn't do the, the like you know, all the makeup guys walked or something. But like he's he's he looks like the quote you know the shadow, like the big nose, ugly kind of, you know scarf over the face shadow for what like a minute of that and then all of a sudden he's back to being alec baldwin like the dude when when khan breaks his concentration or whatever he becomes alec baldwin uh, and he is the rest of the movie the shadow actually barely appears in this he's almost always just lamont cranston except for like a couple of you know the shots where they get his eyes and the big nose kind of it's really weird and i feel like if you're not like familiar with what the actual character looks like from you know drawings and old pulp stuff it does it make any sense eric, <laughs> at all eric, <laughs> like, eric i it doesn't and because because no. i was watching it with my girlfriend she has no idea about yeah. the shadow and she was asking me like why the hell is his nose different like what the fuck is going like why and i had to explain <laughs> like well this is actually kind of how the shadow looks she mm-hmm. goes like it's still stupid yeah like, yeah yep. i don't know why they didn't just go with like have him hide his face but have him just be I alec baldwin you know he didn't like have to i, whole... I kind of get the idea of like oh it like you know to create the illusion that he's somebody else in case he gets demasked and i'm like does right. does does the shadow on the wall get demasked often yeah because it because we see like you mentioned later on in the movie he hits a crisis and just the whole facade disappears anyway so it's like then it doesn't really have a point i'm sure it's a little bit of like you know scarecrow from the batman universe he's using that like you know to to kind of scare or intimidate the bad guys or whatever Um, but you might just get something really that you might get a rise out of some anti-semites that's all yeah i was gonna say (laughs) yeah i mean it 
it, it was whatever the decision i mean what are the reason for the decision it just totally didn't work and i'm really surprised that didn't get scrapped early on in production during design saying yeah this doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense but when it's almost like it did halfway through they're like oh let's just stop using the stupid mask <laughs> you know um, because they don't yeah. just change his nose they also change his lips as yeah. well yeah, which is like is why did that matter well it didn't match the nose then why bother at all but he keeps it covered with the red scarf most of the time like, right <laughs> yeah. i would say the only cool practical effect with that transformation with his face is actually like the silver eye lenses i really enjoy yeah. those yeah those like, are cool I can't help but like, yeah, this is like when. There's... Okay, so I will. Here's a compliment worth the movie. Anytime he does do his hypnotic thing, they do that like cool, like cast the shadow on his face, but the light is on his eyes. And I know it's kind of cliche, but it it made me feel like that like this is the time period that these stories are made. So it yeah. kind of represents that form of cinema, which is how this should be going, right? Kind but of no, Bella it goes Lugosi. into like this weird. Yeah pre batman forever feel that's what this movie felt like this was batman forever before batman forever became a movie like with the weird dramatic like angles of the city and like how the camera float like flies around them and shit it's just like no i don't re- like no why don't you shoot this like a noir 19 like classic cinema movie like that would like add into what joe says like like that's why like Maybe not so much the spirit, but spirit does kind of do it as well as uh, Sin City. Like they use the cinematic elements to help you get further into this this environment, this time period. And clearly, those those creators are more thoughtful about that than the ones who made this movie. And if they were to remake this movie, fucking listen to our podcast yeah. and listen to Laser <laughs> yeah. Do I mean, it. We, um, we, we, we talk about that quite frequently on the show. You know, like, if this movie were to be made today, how would you think it would go? It couldn't be worse. You know? Yeah, that's true. I think they would I don't know. probably do better. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, don't set up the challenge for them, but... It true. could just be... It, it could be just be not not bad enough to be interesting. Yeah, so this is a movie about. with a lot of huge... And before we get to grades, just want to make one comment about what my biggest issue with this movie is. And there's a lot of nitpicking because it's just a poorly, like put together movie poorly conceptualized in a lot of ways uh it's also fun and can be funny in a lot of places too um my biggest issue with this is that as a viewer we're supposed to kind of at some point forgive lamont cranston for like his whole like saying i quote unquote have a dark past is a little bit of a you know gloss over of like hey i mutilated and destroyed whole villages of people i probably ate a child yeah, it, and like literally is shown burning down somebody's village when there's women and children crying in the mud, kind of thing. And blood uh, you know, in his a mouth. bloody sword in his mouth, and like, like it's like okay, no, 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 that's too much. That's not a dark past. Like, I, I don't. No matter what his penance is, like I don't think I can forgive this character for that and look at him as a hero. But they play him as a hero. It's not like he's the this well, middle of the road. Like you're supposed to like. Well, it could have been done smarter, and that would have worked. But in this context, this, that was the, the no. worst thing about it for me. That's like Hitler right. saying, "That's like Hitler telling his Tinder date, yeah, I've had some bad press." Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I've really turned things around. Yeah. I, I, you know, I saved a puppy the other day. You know, like. But no, but Eric, you're right. Like that's that's the problem with this origin story. Like you have a con- a character with a dark conflict that that's an interesting element, and they're not focused on it. They mention it. 
they they yeah. tell you that it's like this thing but they're not showing it they're not showing this character have a struggle that that's what would have made this movie interesting is and him he's like becoming the shadow like him yeah. becoming this this character but you know well, he's lounging it. around in his penthouse with his tuxedos and his fancy cars and all this stuff and it's like yeah you really feel bad for all that shit that you you did and all you know you're going out every night and you know stopping some bank robberies or whatever you know throwing some mobsters in jail is really uh you know dealing with that you know entire village you slaughtered it's like okay it, it just it yeah. just seems like the weight's too heavy i feel like in a modern movie modern movies are really big into this like ambiguous kind of morality um this could be done right yeah and you you might not ever like this character and that's fine and you could you could leave the viewer with a kind of feeling of not being sure but the, they... you can put yourself in the position of the main character who's like i don't really like myself and if you can actually make the audience feel the same way like oh my god like i want to like them him he's doing these things but at the same time i don't as well like that could that's interesting like breaking bad for example like yeah. puts you have a main character you see a transformation like you do only this would be in reverse you see a horrible person try to be a better man but those those past sins still sit there like that is we just have better stuff nowadays we have better storytelling and, and, and people and think about it. So. it just it's a little deeper i mean the scripts go a little deeper with stuff they're they, they're writing to a bigger audience they're not just writing to the comic book nerd you know right quote unquote well what it is is like cinematic like um good storytelling like is appreciated more it's recognized more nowadays so it's not such a risk for studios to have it in in bigger budget films like in the 90s a, a blockbuster just doesn't have that it has to be like like wonderful cgi and, and action and that's it like you can loosely tie in but no the money goes towards this and it's yeah. like yeah what now you just gave us a bunch of shit to review like th thanks for funding our podcast <laughs> thanks for supplying it i should say yeah i, I have do... one one last super quick comment before we get to great sorry joe are you gonna nope that you're fine oh, i, was gonna I say, got something to add to super quick that, comment anyway. um and then yeah we can um let you guys do closing and we'll get to grades and all that um i just thought it was really funny and almost in a kind of a cute sort of way that the and it's very like new york city that the mongols that come you know with the genghis khan to new york city chase people around using taxi cabs like they're yep. just like in the back of cabs like they're just out there hailing a cab like hey follow that guy you know <laughs> um I don't know why I got such a kick out of that, but I thought that was hilarious. Like <laughs> the whole all everything with the taxis is just kind of weird and funny at the same time. It's yeah. like it is a very weird nature. I do want to talk about performances before we get to the grade. I got two sure. in mind specifically. One, the shitty the shitty romance <laughs> fucking subplot. It is best sum up, summed up in the actual dialogue between the two characters when she's getting dressed in his quote unquote aunt's clothes, and yeah. he make and she's like, "We have a real connection," and he goes, "No, we don't." Like the whole back and forth, I'm like this is the most honest this movie's ever been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then follow that with the one main thing that should be mentioned is let's talk about Tim Curry's performance mainly at the end when he faces the shadow yeah your guys's response you guys start joe you start you haven't talked in a bit it, well because i'll be honest this 
You were you were on Facebook when yeah. you were fucking watching this part, weren't you? No, I was watching it. It was just kind of like, okay, I don't know. To me, and I, like I love it's, I love Peter Boyle, I love Tim Curry, but I don't know. Personally, to me, their performances in this were good just because it's Tim Curry and Peter Boyle. Everything was pretty okay. forgettable. I mean, well, that was pretty that's, bland response. That's not Joe. for me to say. I don't remember, but it's just like I, it just didn't. Yeah. I don't know. How about I, you, Eric? I didn't get anything special and out of it necessarily. But. The scene that I, I feel like he like ramped it up to you know a great Tim Curry moment was in the water tank, when he gets stuck yeah. in the water tank. Um, his his he played that very. Also that I don't wa- that water tank makes no fucking sense to me. No, but not yeah. at all. Like it's a really like odd scene, and the fact that yeah. Anyway, um, he just. The, the shadow is uh, just a total idiot and then gets himself stuck in there like and you don't really feel bad for him because it's like dude you could have just you know walked out you're invisible but um yeah i know that 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 was the memorable one for me at the end when he's kind of like the sniveling groveling um he just does that so well like the kind of skeezy i don't know tim curry's tim curry's one of those guys and we've talked about this before uh, especially like, like me and Ryan have on the on the podcast, but just he's just one of those guys that really doesn't do a whole lot wrong in my book. Like he just he can come into a movie that is not great like this and kind of steal scenes. He, he's always he's like un- a highlight, yeah. Yeah, he's underused in this, and I, I I'm trying to think what he's his really like showdown bad. with the shadow is at the end. Well, um, here. maybe I was tuning out too. I don't know. But... I'll 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 talk about it then because mm-hmm. this is this is the one thing that like. It is not enough Tim Curry in this movie to save it. Like, no, like no. Tim Curry kind of saved Legend when we did it. Like, Legend sucks, but it's worth it to watch just Tim Curry. It is not worth watching The Shadow for this Tim Curry performance. But this one part where he is facing The Shadow, like, he is just cranked his insanity to 12. It went past the Tim, the Tim 10 and went up to 12. <laughs> To the point where he's foaming spit from the mouth and just oh, laughing. Remember, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I, I just, like, just laughed so hard. I'm like, he, like, this is the look of a man who's losing his mind because he's on a shitty movie. This isn't a performance. Yeah. This has literally happened to him. And he just jumps out the window, like, hat, like, gleefully. And it's just like, yeah, Tim, you just, us in a nutshell trying to understand this fucking movie that's the that's the scene i wanted to mention i, I was hoping like you guys remembered that part but fuck it i did. yeah i do remember the spit like i did that that brought it back i am so <laughs> that fucking i spit. see where you're going with it now yeah i i but you know like i don't know i felt like that was just it was tim curry tim curry like you said he's he's great in roles he like he he chews the scene when he knows it needs to be chewed and, but he was spitting this scene out literally. Oh, he, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. It's just, it was kind of like, you know, the movie was just so dull. It, I, I, I can't, I can't say that he saved anything of it though, and that's unfortunate. He doesn't. He but, doesn't. Yeah. No, he saves his career by doing that one thing. That's it. He just saved himself as an actor. At least Tim Curry did a Tim Curry thing, and then jumps out the window. I'm like, that's it. That's that's the that's the metaphor of this movie. It's he, not good. He could that have yelled. Was... He could have yelled, "Oh, Rocky!" before he did it, and that would have like hugely improved this film. <laughs> so he didn't save it. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 do the let's let's grade this. Joe, you start with it. I uh, this I. 
it's not just that I don't think this film has really any redeeming qualities. It's that it's, it should have been so much better. It could have been so much better um, because of the source material, because of the shadow, because of how iconic that character is. Um, so I'm going to give this one like a D minus. The only thing keeping from an F is that, well, it's got a good cast. But that's that's about it. So I, I this was a, a... I remember when I first watched this when I was a kid, it barely held my interest. But then again, thinking back, a lot of the movies that we've, we've reviewed on the podcast, I'm like, I saw it as a kid, and I didn't think much of it. I didn't remember much about it. And I rewatch it, and, and I find something that I like about it. This one, nothing. Like I, I might as well be 10 years old or 11 years old watching this again for the first time, and it had the same impact, just nothing. So I'm going to give this one a D-. minus. I'm going to be the bad guy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I would... Uh... I would disagree with you on one point, and it's not that it, I would never try to argue with anybody that this is a good movie. This is a like almost quintessentially textbook example of a bad movie. It's just got so many things wrong with it. But I do disagree with you that it's dull. I don't think it's dull. I think it's actually kind of a fun bad movie, and I enjoy I, I enjoy watching it. In fact, I would be open to watching it again at some point. Maybe not recent, like in the near future, but... Um, cause I do, I found it amusing and I, it's unintentionally funny in a lot of places and there's, there's some cool stuff to look at and it's got a good cast and I don't know. Um, however, I'm not going to give, <laughs> crank it up too far for those things because it really is a bad movie. For me, it's, it's lovably bad, but I'd probably go with a D plus rather than minus, but just for those reasons. Okay. Um, I, I, I actually agree with Eric exactly this movie is so laughably bad it is entertaining like riffable like this movie worth is yeah. worth being ri- like riffed on like in a live group like if you if you just have a group of friends and you just want to throw on a movie uh to rip on this 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 does it but it does like fill in some parts where it's not like some movies where you rip on where it is so painfully dull this movie is always like just always has stupid worth ripping on uh, in it and it is like a 90s blockbuster superhero film and but same with joe like this damn movie should have been so much better yeah um so i will i give it a d plus as well i was thinking about d being in the middle of it because of that thought but d plus because i can't deny that i did actually enjoy yeah hating on this movie <laughs> so yeah, I, I find it likable, although there's nothing, like, I couldn't I couldn't say for the life of me make an argument that it's good. Like, like I've seen this movie, like, once every decade. Yeah, Like, it, yeah. it, it occasionally pops up on Sci-Fi Channel. Like, it, well, I don't have cable anymore, but when I did, like, that's when I would see this movie. Is <laughs> this like, yeah, yeah I, can, I can throw this on, there's nothing else on. I can, like, God, this is awful. Yeah. Well, if you're going to do it every decade, I'm going to have to do it every two decades because that's about the last time I saw it. So I'll have to wait until I'm pushing 60 to watch it again, and I'll give it that third shot, see if it does anything for me. But I'm not going to hold my breath, especially for 20 years. But um, but that kind of brings us to the end of our review of the 1994 film The Shadow. Next week, we're going to be doing our uh, last of our four-part series on this style of film from the 90s these kind of 1930s inspired or based on characters from those serial heroes uh so we hope that you all tune back in uh or download or whatever you do to listen to the video junkyard podcast and check it out um 
Let's see. If you do have any questions, comments, criticisms, witticisms, or any thoughts on The Shadow, what are your opinions? Could this be made better? Do you like this movie? Are you one of them? I would love to meet you. Uh, feel free to drop us <laughs> a line. You. you can tweet us at VideoJunkPod. You can email us at VideoJunkYourPodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook, where we spend too much time. Uh, you can find us at our Video Junkyard Podcast Facebook group page or the actual Video Junkyard Podcast page itself. And, of course, if you're listening to us, uh, you've downloaded it from somewhere. So check those sites out as well, too. <laughs> and coming up on the podcast next week, uh, as Joe mentioned, we are going to finish off our 1930s uh, serial or comic strip and serial series with uh, the Billy Zane vehicle, The Phantom. And uh, after that, we're talking Star Wars and a lot of more exciting stuff coming up in 2020, including uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Demolition Man, Beverly Hills Cop, and even some Ace Ventura somewhere down the line. And uh, Barry Lyndon, of course, as well. Um, That's right. But we want to thank everybody for once again (laughs) listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and check us out next week when we conclude this series. We hope you found it as enjoyable, kind of, maybe, hopefully, as we have. Uh, Until then, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson, And I'm Ryan Seiskel saying thank you for joining us and watching what shadows lurk in the darkness of movies. Or some <laughs> shit like that. I don't know. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.